and lacrosse talk on WIZM. I'm Mike Hayes. Regularly on Wednesdays at uh, at about 8.20, we check in with uh, experts over at Mayo Clinic, uh, whether it's uh, an incident commander or, in this case, Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, who is a family physician and a member of the COVID Collaborative uh, to help us uh, talk a little about uh, about COVID-19 and the cases here. Uh, as, as Kevin, thank you very much for talking with me this morning. I appreciate it. Are you seeing, as a family physician, uh, COVID-19 cases uh, in all ages? Yes. Uh, so thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, we, we've seen and uh, diagnosed COVID um, in, in children and teens, uh, young adults, uh, and uh, adults of older ages. Uh, so it really does not discriminate by age. Um, you know, as have you seen in the uh, media, how ill you get uh, is, is somewhat differentiated by age. But we've seen, you know, even younger people who have uh, pre-existing medical conditions, so people with lung disease or immune system issues, you know, they get quite ill with this too. Uh, so, yeah, but people of all ages. What do you tell people that think we should just stop all these precautions, stop with the masks, they cause more problems than they solve, social distancing is ridiculous, washing your hands every five seconds or five minutes every time you touch anything isn't realistic. Let's just all get COVID-19, get over COVID-19, and then move on from life. Yeah, I guess what I would tell those people is, you know, again, if you look at just the raw numbers, um, you know, it really is only 1% to 2% of people who get severely ill and really ill to the point where their, their life might be in danger. But if you have 100 friends, which two of those friends don't you like? Uh, if you have 100 relatives who are over the age of 50, which two of them would you rather be without? Um, because it really does come down to that. You know, and I think you know, the younger group in our, in our society, by and large, they're gonna, they may get ill and they may feel really poorly and have some, um, some kind of issues for, for a long period of time with this. But many, you know, most of those, you know, the, the huge majority of those people will not be ill to the point of being at risk of death or even needing to be in the hospital. But if they expose one of their family members or one of their friends or one of their contacts uh, that's older or does have one of those other health conditions, their, their life could really be in jeopardy. Um, and I guess my response to those people who wear masks uh, or don't want to wear masks is, you know, really, there is very good data that show that uh, masking does decrease the risk of spread. Again, it, it doesn't make the risk zero, but it does decrease the risk. And there's been no legitimate studies that, sh- that show that masks have any um, medical harm that people are harmed by wearing those masks. All right. So, uh, so those who are uh, shooting me uh, uh, messages on the talk and text line are taking uh, illegitimate research from from uh, uh, illegitimate sources and counting it as good that masks are harmful. They do damage. We shouldn't wear masks because they're bad. Uh, that's just not uh, uh, accurate information, in your opinion. Truly, it's nonsense. You know, we've had uh, us in medicine, we wear masks on a regular basis. We have our surgical partners who wear masks for 8 to 12 hours at a time for long surgical cases, in addition to their nurses and their anesthesiologists. And there are zero complications with wearing masks. There are zero medical consequences to wearing masks. So really, some of that, some of the misinformation out there really is nonsense. Well, and it's, it, it, is it ca- that misinformation, is it causing the extension of uh, COVID-19. Wisconsin's, uh, you know, number one with a bullet on the New York Times bestseller list. We have more cases than, or had uh, a couple of days ago, more cases than anybody in the country. 
and and people still don't understand why that is or why that how that number could change by simply putting on a cloth. Yeah, I think you know really it is. It's a matter of you know following the guidelines, putting on a cloth. But more importantly, in our in our uh, region, our community, it's it's avoiding those large groups. It's avoiding gatherings. You know, especially gatherings uh, of people who aren't distancing, wearing masks, who really are kind of thumbing their nose at some of the recommendations that can limit the spread of this. And I, and I think that's really why our community, even compared to some of the other communities in Wisconsin, uh, is seeing more of the COVID disease right now than some of the others, because there really is a subset of our community that uh, not only doesn't follow the, the rules, but really are kind of anti-following the guidelines. Uh, is your practice uh, uh, picking up the flu shots? I know that they're available uh, to some degree. Are you giving more and more flu shots out now? Yeah, we've been giving a lot of flu shots. Yeah, we yeah. Rece- you know, generally, we would receive our um, vaccine for flu in October. We received it two weeks earlier. So we've been giving the vaccine to really anyone who's uh, willing to have it uh, for two weeks now. Uh, and we expect to give a lot, of, a lot of flu shots. The flu shots that you're giving will not be uh, COVID-19 flu shots. Will, when that comes out uh, later this year, uh, people come back for a second shot, a COVID flu shot, and the regular flu shot, is that too much stuff in your system or not? No, I think, so again, getting immunized for your regular yearly influenza shot is going to be really important this year because uh, we're trying to prevent as much respiratory illness in our community as we can. You know, every year with uh, just the regular influenza, there's, um, you know, those same people with some uh, medical issues who get sick enough to need to be hospitalized. And we may need that hospital capacity for people with COVID. Right. So as much of the, of the regular flu that we can prevent, the better. And, yes, it will be a separate shot for the COVID vaccine once that's available. Um, the question with that will be, you know, you know, what kind of supply do we get? You know, this is a nationwide issue. You know, you know how many are we going to get at a time? Who gets them first? Um, but I think when available, I would recommend that for anyone who's interested. Right. Here's one last question. We're out of time, but uh, Jer sent this. If there's no medical reason to not wear a mask, then why are people getting medical excuses to not wear a mask? Yeah, I, so in my practice, and, you know, I, I chair the Department of Family Medicine, I've told all of my partners, there may be very few but legitimate patients who have chronic lung disease, who are oxygen dependent, um, who, who are uncomfortable with masks. Uh, that we've that we've given a medical excuse. Uh, I have some of my patients who uh, have psychiatric disorders who are severely um, claustrophobic, who do very poorly with masks. Again, physically, there's no issue with the mask, but they have a very difficult time wearing their mask. So, in those few very rare cases, we have been a me- given a medical excuse. But I've told all my partners that they have to have a very severe, legitimate medical issue to get a note from a uh, physician in uh, in my departments. Uh, otherwise, you know, the answer has been no. All right. So most of the people who are not wearing masks are just pushy and obnoxious and not going to follow the rules, period. Most of those people are, are not wearing masks because of a choice, not because of a medical issue. All right. Hey, Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, thank you very much for talking with us this morning. A family physician and member of the Lacrosse County COVID Collaborative. I appreciate your expertise this morning, and uh, and we will, uh, I hope, have an opportunity to talk again.